Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudhaman. Joining me also in Hong Kong today is a man who's being reintegrated into Cricket Ultras, Toby Doman. How are you, Toby? Very good morning to you. How are you, Arun? I think we're welcoming you back into the fold with the, what is it, hugs and cuddles? Hugs and cuddles are my thing. They're my thing. Big hugs. Big hugs and cuddles, as David Warner put it, when he and Steve Smith were reintegrated back into the Australia squad. All seems like a mountain out of a molehill to me. Uh, just in case our listeners are wondering, uh, Darren Burns is, is I, I don't know, timed out perhaps? He's, he's, well, should, should be joining us later on for the remainder uh, of Cricket Ultras. And indeed, we'll need to reintegrate him back into the team as well at some point. I'm ready with hugs. I'm ready. You're ready. Good. All right. Excellent. Well, why don't we get started with our IPL preview? Because as we know, the tournament is starting uh, tomorrow or probably today by the time most of our listeners hear this. I think the first match, if I'm not mistaken, is um, Chennai Super Kings and Royal Challengers Bangalore. I think that's the first match tomorrow. So let's, given I think that you're on a, a something of a a timetable today, so you have to leave reasonably soon. So why don't we start off with your previews? I think you're going to do two teams for us. So, um, Toby, tell us about Rajasthan Royals. Do you want to start with? Yeah, the Royals are an interesting one. I was just um, listening to someone say the voice of cricket, Harsha Bogle, in the week, and he's got this r- real soft spot for the Royals, and he seems to think that a lot of other people have a soft spot for the Royals. They kind of, he said they're everyone's favourite second team. And that could go back to, obviously, Shane Warne winning it as, uh, with them, I think, in 2008. And they've always been a bit scrappy, not not really flash the cash. But this year, my goodness, they've got their diamond-encrusted checkbook out. And they've really lavished the cash on some overseas talent in particular, uh, which is not really how they've played it in, in years gone by. And... If you look at their particular, well, let's, let's look at their sort of f- uh, foreign talent to, to begin with. And they've got um, a lot of England players for, for a start. And I think lots of uh, English fans tuning into the IPL um, will maybe make a beeline for the Royals um, because of that. So looking at Ben Stokes, Joss Butler, Joffre Archer and Liam Livingston, the former Lancashire captain who's uncapped at international level. They've got four really interesting players there. Um, and given the context of it's a, it's a World Cup year, of course, there will be an IPL World Cup exodus at some point. That's not just England players, that's across the board, which means that some of these lesser known players like Livingston, for example, um, may well get more of a chance than, than they might. So the Royals, according to Mr. Bogle, are definitely worth putting some money on. I think you know, one of the reasons why they should be should be looked at is purely because of the talent they've got. So Ben Stokes was MVP in 2017. Joss Butler basically clawed his way back into international reckoning thanks to his IPL stint with the Royals last year. I think he scored five 50s in a row to re, to earn his recall. Don't forget Steve Smith as well, um, who's being reintegrated. Love that word. Um, is in the side and he's had shoulder surgery earlier this year so he really needs this um, IPL stint to try to really get back into some sort of form um, interesting he's rubbing shoulders with the likes of Butler and Stokes pre-ashes so there's lots of little subplots but uh, I have a soft spot for the Royals already so um, look out uh, much as I like your pronunciation it's I think we should be clear it's Harsha Bogle <laughs> uh, yes apologies Mr Bogle who is Liam Livingston I'm sorry, I just have no idea. He's a Lancashire, he was a 50,000 US dollar contract, so it's not big money compared to 
um, Sam Curran, which is a million dollars US, I think. Um, But um, he is uh, a powerful hitter. He was former captain at Lancashire, a teammate of Josh Butler's. And he's one of those players where I think the experience of being in the changing room with some world-class players um, and having a go at, you know, this sort of pinnacle of short form is really going to stand him in good stead. So he'll be an interesting one. He probably won't play that much, but as I said, once the World Cup exodus kicks in, he may well get a look in. Yeah, I mean, I've got some really, some interesting players in there. Um, I guess it comes down to how quickly they gel, really, because there's a lot of new faces. A lot of new faces, and and I think one thing worth pointing out from from the non-foreign uh, talent, I think Sanju Samson um, is definitely one to watch. Shane Warne is their sort of coach, is the team's coach and mentor, and very boldly mm. saying that he will be the standout player, the MVP for this season's IPL. He says that on the record, Sanju Samson will be MVP. So there you go. Mm, he's very talented. The other thing we have to... Um mention and obviously this goes for all teams is that uh, with the world cup looming uh, many of the international players are not going to be available for the whole season i think the england players all leave by the end of april if they make it to the world cup squad that's right yeah they're due to have a camp i think a train a sort of pre-tournament training camp in april so if you look down the the various teams in the, fr- the various franchises there'll be a number of players that will be leaving so they'll want to make an impact in the first part of the competition. So that makes the, hopefully, fireworks for the fans uh, particularly exciting in the first few rounds. All right. So from Rajasthan, we move further north uh, to Punjab. So tell us about Kings Eleven. Kings Eleven, yeah. Their um, uh, head coach is Mike Hessen, who's a, a journeyman, really, a New Zealand journeyman, previously um, looked after by Brad Who? Hodge. Mike Hessen? Yeah. Did I get his pronunciation wrong again? <laughs> no, it's just that we, we uh, I think when um, we discussed Mike Heston on a previous episode of Cricket Ultras and, and uh, we just kept getting his name wrong because we couldn't remember who he was. Okay, well, we'll chalk it up with Bogle, Bogle anyway. But uh, Mike Heston, <laughs> uh, former Kenya coach. Actually, interestingly, he, he became a professional coach at the age of 22, which is pretty young in cricketing terms, uh, from Otago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taken over from Brad Hodge, who was unceremoniously dumped uh, one year into a three-year contract last year. So they're really rejuvenating, they're really trying to make a statement. And I think the big news um, for the Kings Eleven is Sam Curran's um, contract, which is the biggest in the IPL. And I think one of the things that's worth noting is because, you know, he obviously had a very strong test series against India. And I think the whole of India's cricketing fraternity watched him drag England back into a number of matches. And so his value has been possibly inflated. I don't want to be uh, too negative, but he's the marquee signing for the side. Um, he's unlikely to feature in the World Cup, so he's probably going to see a lot of action. And for, for our you know listeners, you know, Curran is a, is a useful bowler. He's got a lot of different variations, and he's obviously a very talented batsman as well. So potential is the underlying uh, word there. But he hasn't really delivered on potential yet. So it's a bit of a gamble from the Kings eleven on that one. But don't forget, they've got the mighty Chris Gale in that batting lineup as well, who can really set huge platforms if he really gets going. And Kale Rahul will also bring quality with the bat. And I like I like the side. It has a nice balance to it. Ravi Ashwin and Mohammed Shami as well, providing quality with the bowling. So they look they look strong on paper. Yeah, they they seem to have pretty good balance. I think Nicholas Puran as well, who's a uh, you know, very talented batsman, wicketkeeper um, from the West Indies. They didn't make the top four last season, I think. Is that right? 
Yes, that's right. They were out of the playoffs. That's right. Yeah, they've always seemed to lack that kind of element of consistency. But maybe a new coach will turn things around. We shall see. All right. So is that the northernmost team? It's probably... I think, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If it, is it more north than Delhi? I don't know. Someone's going to pull us up on that. But let's move to the southernmost team in the IPL. The Chennai Super Kings, the defending champions. It was, I think, a bit of a surprise that they won this tournament last year. Uh, I think, in fact, uh, we, I didn't, I wouldn't say we wrote them off, but I remember when Darren and I were doing the preview last year, we thought CSK just had too many players that were kind of on the, the sort of the, the downslide, really, of their careers. But that ended up paying off for them. They, they're ex- incredibly experienced. They have players like Faf Duplessis, Dwayne Bravo, Suresh Ryan, Shane Watson and David Willey, all of whom have played a lot of this type of cricket, all of whom have, have a kind of leadership quality players and all of whom came, come through in the tight moments. And then, of course, you add to that MS Dhoni, who is probably still the best uh, limited overs captain in world cricket and had an incredible season last last year. You know, his strike rate was... I think his highest ever in an IPL. They, they they outperformed expectations winning the title. They've kept the core of that team. They have such a settled squad these days, um, which really helps them. They, I think the only major player they lost was Quinton de Kock, but they've kept their major batsmen. They've also still got Harbhajan Singh, Ravindra Jadeja. They've got Imran Tahir. They've brought in Mitchell Santner. They've got Kedar Yadav and Ambati Raidu, you know, to proven middle order players and the thing with csk i think it reminds us that um you know we talk a lot about the power of of big hitters in t20 that's what everyone talks about really but actually i think what csk demonstrated last year and what they've actually demonstrated in previous years is that the best teams in t20 not necessarily the ones that, that are loaded with the biggest hitters but it's the ones that can win those high pressure moments and in the big games in particular it's often not big totals it's often all about defending average or small totals because there's so much pressure uh, and no one does that better than csk i, I think one worth thing yeah. that noting for is okay the playing staff is extremely strong but i i think stephen fleming their coach is one of the most canny operators uh, on this yeah. form of the game and he's a real plus point for them absolutely i mean he combines really well with Dhoni. he's been there a long time i think they're all treated as grown-ups there he's just come out and said there'll be no yo-yo tests for this team uh, I think Harbhajan Singh was very happy about that. You know, it's it's a team of experienced players, experience, uh, the most experienced captain and a very experienced coach. I mean, one problem for them is they've lost uh, their top bowler, top fast bowler from last year, Lungi Ngidi, the South African, is out of the tournament with injury. That's going to be a bit of a problem for them. But, you know, the way Dhoni strangles things with his spinners and he's got an assortment of spinners to choose from, Tahir, Sharma, Jadeja and Santna and Harbhajan. Uh, and Kedar Yadav, uh, you know, I could see CSK, you know, having another good tournament. The only real question mark for CSK, really, I think there's two question marks. One is, if they have to rest some of these Indian players, because there's a lot of talk about the Indian players being rested before the World Cup and, and, and having their workload managed. If they have to rest, you know, a couple of the middle order players, let's say Yadav and Raidu, they don't really have a lot of depth behind that. Um, so that's one problem. And the other one probably would be, you just wonder how long this team can keep doing it. You know, there's, there is, I think, a chance that um, they come up against 
another team with a little bit more fire, firepower and they get blasted out. Uh, it hasn't happened so far, though. Um, so we shall see. And where do you fancy them to retain their title or too, too, too difficult to do two in a row? <sighs> After writing them off last year, it would be, uh, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to say they will retain their title. I think they'll make it to the playoffs, but I don't actually think they will retain their title this year. I have another team in mind for the title. And on that note, I think we can reintegrate Darren Burns back into the podcast. Darren, welcome. We're welcoming you back with big hugs and cuddles. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yes, reintegration back into the Cricket Ultras team. I'm very happy. I'm going to put my head down, assist the team. I bought into the new culture of the team, being a good person, putting my head down and working hard. Just check your pockets, please, before we continue. There's mandatory pocket checking, I believe, at the moment. Darren, do you really think anyone cuddled David Warner? I think they probably did do some bro hugs. I, I thought that the video, the, the sort of cheaply produced video on the Cricket Australia website was was a bit funny. Obviously, there was, there was a couple of key messages that they repeated. And David Warner in particular looked at pains to repeat the messages. So let's see how it all turns up. It, it feels like, you know, I don't know, they seem to be making, Justin Langer and, and in the team in general seems to be making a huge deal of these two players coming in. It's almost like, you know, two prisoners of war that have been returned to the army or something. What did he say? It's like two brothers coming home. Yeah, two brothers coming home. The prodigal son's return. It's emotional for all of us. All right, so let's catch you up. We're knee deep into the IPL preview. We've done Rajasthan Royals. Toby thinks they might win it. Uh, Kings Eleven Punjab. Toby also thinks they might win it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a positive guy. Not sitting on the fence at all, Tobes. (laughs) We've done Chennai Super Kings. I don't think they'll win it again. I've said they'll. I think they'll win. They'll get to the playoffs. I'm curious, actually, Darren, whether you think Chennai Super Kings will will repeat as winners because um, you know they're they're an incredibly interesting team. Yeah, I, I think you know they, they do have a great squad, don't they? And I think they've retained Shane Watson, who, as you know, was the um, the, the PSL batsman of the tournament. Yeah, also also the luckiest player in the IPL. Have you seen? Waiting to the new, the new yes, exactly the new luck uh, index. But uh, he continues to thrive. They've got Faf plus Duplessis. Obviously, he's 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 a great player as well. They've got Imi Tahir. I don't know if you watched Imran Tahir super over the other night against Sri Lanka. I think the last T20 between Sri Lanka and South Africa went down to a bowl off, a super over, and Imran Tahir went for just three runs. So again, there's been a lot of mail talking about why don't you know mystery spinners, wrist spinners bowl the last few overs, and I think we'll see more of that in the IPL this season. Yeah, especially in Chennai, it's a it's a very spin friendly pitch, and you know Dhoni loves his spinners, man. He's loaded up the team with them. So yeah, he's got you know he's got Saravi there, you know Yadav. Uh, will Habajan get a game? We were just saying that Stephen Fleming he doesn't do the yo-yo tests, which I think Harbajan's quite happy about. I don't think Harbajan will get a game because they've got Mitchell Santner, they've got Imran Tahir, they've got Khan Sharma, they've got Ravindra Jadeja, and they've got Kedar Yadav. Uh, I think it'll it'll really come down to the balance between whether they need to to drop an overseas player. Yeah, and, and look, I think some of those guys on the back end of the season might be called up to to you know the World Cup yes. duty, so there could be some room for him to get there. We just love to see a good Baji. I, I just love Baji on the field. Yeah, we do. I mean, but the thing is, Santner's in in great form, isn't he? He's he's had a a really strong year. And I think he, he would get the nod ahead of Harbhajan. If Harbhajan's going to play, then he'd have to keep out Ravindra, Jadeja and Khan Sharma. Um, I mean, he'll definitely play some games, I think. Whether he'll be the first choice, I don't know. But yeah, 
I think they have so much experience and, you know, they're so good at winning the tight moments. Definitely team to watch. Okay, so, Darren, should we do one of your teams? Yeah, why don't we start off with Sunrisers Hyderabad? Let's do it. I think Sunrisers Hyderabad was certainly one of the, one of the teams of, of 2018. They finished second in, in the tournament. Kane Williamson really stepped up to the plate after David Warner was ruled out over his sam- the sandpaper gate issue. Um, I think having him back on the team, David Warner, Kane Williamson, um, in the team is a very strong um, batting outfit. Um, I think those two are the, probably some of the best T20 players in the world. Um, and if you look at some of the other batsmen they have, you know, it's an impressive list. I think they've actually bolstered the batting this year. So I, I expect Johnny Bairstow will open the batting um, in that squad. Um, if you've probably got Kane Williamson there at three after David Warner, you know, Manish Pandey, Vijay Shankar was a good get, I think. Um, he impressed in the one-day series against Australia. Um, the old warhorse Yusuf Patana is still around, isn't he? he? He might get there at number six or they might, might play something else. But what I'm impressed by with these guys is they're bowling and it's always been their strength. They've got two bankers in Rashid Khan and Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. Shabaz Nadim is an excellent left-arm spin bowler. Um, I, I was doing some research on him and I for a change uh, <laughs> and he picked up eight for 10 against Rajasthan in a trophy match, the VJ Hazari trophy, eight for 10. Incredible. So I can't wait to see him bowl. He could be a real mystery, mystery packet there. And then, of course, we might have Siddharth Kool, who's one of your favorite players. Um, <laughs> Headband. <laughs> um, and Khalil Ahmed. I, I, I don't mind the bowling attack. I, I do worry a little bit about the pace bowling. Um, I think there are some question marks there. But, um, yeah. you know, Tom Moody's done a great job with the team last season. I think they defied expectations. They have a great bowling coach in, in Murley. Um, so I think if they have that great team culture, which they seem to have last year, I think they can go a long way again. I think they're definitely, you know, probably up there for the top four, I'd say. Yeah, I think they're actually a good bet to win it all. I mean, I think their best 11 can hold its own pretty much, especially, you know, they've also got Mohamed Nabi, who's, um, you know, he's like coming off a bit of a high with his performance recently. Yeah, and they've just, they've got some good backups there, haven't they? They've got Big Billy Stanlake. If he's bowling well, he's rapid, 150. They've also got Martin Guptal. I'm not sure where they put, where they put him in at the moment. But yeah, there's, there's a good squad there, I think. Uh, they can mix it up. And it, there's some old war horses like Deepak Huda who did pretty well last season. So it's a, it's a nice, well-rounded uh, team, I think. Agree. I think um, they'll definitely be one to watch. Uh, they've never won it, have they? They have watched. Oh, they sorry, won. no, they have. They yes, have won 2016. It, yes. Yeah, yeah, 2016. So that also perhaps plays in their favour. Are you also picking Sunrisers to win as well? <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. They all look so good. They all need a Netflix documentary. <laughs> they do. Okay. Um, Right, so from Hyderabad, shall we move on to Bangalore, nearby? Royal Challengers, captained, of course, by India's captain, India's Virat Kohli. Although there are apparently some players out there, or ex-players even, who don't think Virat Kohli should be captaining. (laughs) Uh, Royal Challengers, Bangalore. Gautam Gambia's comments this week were a bit left field. Um, You know, the Indian captain, one of the best white ball players in the world, you know, questioning that he should be captain of, of, of his, of his uh, T20 franchise was a bit much, I thought. Yeah, Gautam Gambia taking a change uh, from calling for an invasion of Pakistan to uh, suggest that Virat Kohli was lucky 
to still be captain of Royal Challengers Bangalore. Anyway, uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore are the team, I think we'd all agree, that have consistently underperformed um, in the IPL. And it's an interesting one because they have, you know, some remarkable players in there. Their top three batsmen, uh, Virat Kohli, A.B. de Villiers, and Shimron Hetmeyer. First of all, that's two of the three best who have ever done it. And then you've got Hetmeyer, who's one of the top players in the world at this point. They've lost Quinton de Kock, um, but that's still a fearsome middle order. The problem for RCB, I think, has always been, fifth bowling option has always been a struggle for them. They've got Shivam Dube, uh, Indian all-rounder, who will take on a lot of that workload. They've also brought in Marcus Stoinis. I mean, is he good enough to, to bowl? You know, to bowl the full allotment, do you think? Yeah, I think I think Marcus Stoinis, particularly on a slow wicket, he, he's he's great when he hits the pitch. Um, and I think you've seen a lot of man love between um, Virat Kohli and Marcus Stoinis. I don't know if you noticed during the one-day series and T20 series, there was a lot of by-play. And I was wondering why they were so friendly, and then I realized, hey, they're, they're in the same club. There's a lot of hugs, hugs and cuddles. There's hugs and cuddles. He's got a wicket mullet, Marcus Stoinis. Yeah, I hope does. he gets rid of that, yeah, mucket, yeah. that mullet. It's, it's, it's atrocious. But he's a real gun with bat and ball. I think he's a great player to have in their team. I mean, their bowling attack is is solid. You know, they've got Yusvendra Chahal, who is the, uh, I mean, along with Rashid Khan, the, the best wrist spinner in the IPL. You know, his record is is amazing. They've got Washington Sundar, who's a, who's, a, who's done very well. Uh, Yomesh Yadav, who had a very good season, um, although he can be a little bit expensive. Mohamed Siraj. And then, of course, Nathan Coulter-Nile, who's, you know, also in really good form at the moment. So on paper, at least, it's a it's a really good team. I think uh, Parthiv Patel probably is, is going to open, and he's very experienced at this point. Uh, that it's just that fifth bowling sp- spot, really, of, of you know who's going to get those overs, especially if they have to make allowances once some of the overseas players jet off for um, World Cup camps. I think some of the overseas players are also going to be a little late starting because of um, because of some ongoing matches. So. You know, it's a big question mark again. I can't see them winning it. Uh, I think they need Kohli to to deliver another um, another amazing haul of runs um, if they're going to make it past the group stage. But uh, yeah, I do have some question marks about team balance once again for RCB. Well, I, I think the big sort of the big X here really is that I think Virat Kohli would be quite fired up by those kind of comments from from Gambia, and I, and I think I. You know, if Ravi Shastri would have would have jumped in there, he would have been talking about hemispheric, you know, um, yeah. throwing of barbs. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, New Delhi is in the northern hemisphere, is it not? He, he would have said that he was shooting blanks. <laughs> shooting, he is. So let's yeah. see. Yeah, and, and yeah, Gautam Gambir is a man that doesn't want to shoot blanks. He wants to shoot live missiles and nuclear warheads, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so. I agree with you. I, I think it's hard to see them getting in the top four. It would require all those all those major players to fire, and I think it just looks a bit, you know, once they lose some of those players, I think it looks a bit light on, to be honest. All right. So, Darren, tell us about the Kolkata Knight Riders. Yeah. So, I think with the Kolkata Knight Riders, one of the good things is they probably have a lot of their internationals for the whole season. They've they've got a pretty explosive, you know, batting lineup. They've got Shubman Gill, Chris Lynn, Utapak, Karthik, Andre Russell. I mean, Andre Russell has a bit of a question mark around him. I think he hasn't been playing that much or, or in really great form. 
So it's it's a pretty explosive looking team. I, I think I didn't mention Robert Utapar up there as well. You know, you've yeah. got a pretty good bowling lineup as well, haven't you? There's Chawala, there's Kuldeep Yadav, uh, Harry Gurney, I think, is did well in the BBL, the the English bowler, left armer. The, the, the other fast bowling looks a bit light on to me. Um, they've got Sandip, Sandeep Warrior in the team, who, who's quite a good find. Uh, Lockie Ferguson, the big quick from New Zealand, who bowls 150-160, but he's, you know, he's a bit unproved. So I don't mind the top six. The batting looks pretty good to me. I, I do worry about the depth in the bowling a little bit as well. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I've never... You know, Kolkata Knight Riders, you know, you look at the team and you never really think they're that amazing. And yet they've won this competition twice and they've been in the top four in what, I think four of the last five seasons. Yeah. Uh, and I expect them to get there again. You know, I think Lynn, Narayan, Gill and Dre Russ. Yeah. I mean, they've got some bankers in there, really. Although, you're, you're... you know, they released Tom Curran, didn't they? And they, and they don't have Mitchell Stark, uh, who's not playing. So if, if they'd had Mitchell Stark on the team, that's, a, that's an amazing bowling lineup. And also the South African pacer, Anrich Norchi, looks like he's injured. So he's probably not going to play either. So there's a, a few question marks there about the bowling. But yeah, they, they tend to play well as a team, um, well led by Dinesh Kartik. So they're definitely a possibility. So they, they, as you said, they continue to defy odds. They often make the top four or do well. So I expect them to be there or thereabouts this season. Yeah. All right. So look, I, I picked Delhi last year as a surprise packet to win. They finished last. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you should take whatever I, we'll I say that, about Delhi with a grain of salt. I think there's a potentially, again, a, a good-looking sort of top six here. Um, there's Prithvi Shaw, of course, Shikha Darwin, Shreyas Iyer, who I have a lot of time for. Colin Ingram has done pretty well in the Big Bash last season. Richard Pant is an explosive batsman, as we know. Um, there's probably going to be Colin Munro at the top of the order, I would have thought. Um, so, 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 you know, not a bad sort of top six players there. I, I think in the bowling department, you know, Amit Mishra, Akshar Patel, of course, and Lamashani is good. Lamashani got belted a bit in the big bash towards the end of the season. I think people sort of picked him a little bit, but I expect him to come back quite well. Uh, again, their bowling, I'm not certain about. So Akshar Patel, as I mentioned, Lamashani. There's also Kagisa Ribada, of course, who will be great. Avesh Khan and maybe Ishan Sharma will play. So Avesh Khan and Ishan Sharma, I have a few question marks about them around T20 bowling. But overall, it's a pretty strong squad. I mean, with Kagiso Rabada, Lemeshani and Trent Bolt in your bowling lineup, it's pretty, it's pretty good, isn't it? I think they've really improved compared to last year. Yeah. They, they've, they've brought in some, you know, I think they have a better team than they did last year. Yeah, I think Gautam Gambia too, your, your friend has stepped down as well. So that's probably a good thing. <laughs> well, they've got Ganguly in now, right? Yeah, they do. Ganguly and uh, Ricky Ponting. Uh, yeah. So there's no shrinking violets in this team. You know, they have, have a couple of interesting West Indian players too. Kimo Paul and Shafane Rutherford, who's a pretty explosive left-hand bat. Kimo Paul's an all-rounder. So it's not a bad-looking team. Again, I, I'm not convinced that they'll go through the top four, but they should be close. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, they are another kind of, they are also underperformers, I think, along with RCB, you'd probably bracket them um, as, as a, you know, one of those franchises that's consistently underperformed. Uh, but on paper, I mean, that's a really strong first 11, if you look at it. Munro, Prithvi Shaw, Shikhar Dawan, Shreyas Ayer, Colin Ingram, Rishabh Pant as your top six. Really strong. But I think you're right. It does really depend on the bowling. 
And there are a couple of question marks about that. But I would expect him to do better than last season. That's a big call. And what about, you, you, didn't, you didn't mention the most important thing. They've also got a new name. They do. I think Ricky Ponting was, ex- was at pains to explain how he thought the new logo would propel them forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice looking logo, I must say. It's, um, it's a nice CI. Uh, Delhi Capitals with a couple of, you know, three lions. Uh, are they tigers? I can't tell on the logo. I think it's tigers. Um, tigers it's a powerful looking logo, I must say. Um, yeah, it's a bright blue kind of like purplish kind of like Guernsey. Yeah, I think they do well. They did let go of Vijay Shankar, I think, and they traded him for Shikadawan, right? So they made a big trade on that. So yeah, I think he they'll be thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, well, I hope there's a branding agency that did very well out of their new logo and name, at least. I kind of liked Eddie Daredevils. I thought it was a pretty cool name. Okay, so that just leaves one more team, I think. Uh, and they are Netflix's finest, the Mumbai Indians. Um, again, I mean, it's really difficult to know what to make of the Mumbai Indians because they start so slowly every season and then they kind of just pick it up, and make it to the playoffs and then they often win the whole thing. Uh, I think they're the, are they the most successful, the second most successful um franchise and, and, in and this tournament. one of the most unlucky according to the luck index yeah well, one of the most unlucky according to Akash Ambani as well I think uh, because despite his brilliance um, they didn't win last year which was I think a shock to all of us given his um, his impressive speechifying in the dressing room uh, they have kept the core They've got all of the big guns. Rohit Sharma, Evan Lewis, Ishan Kishan, Surya Kumar Yadav had a great season. Uh, Kieran Pollard, the Pandya brothers, um, Mayak Markande, and of course, Jasprit Bumrah. Uh, and they've added to that, they've brought in Quinton de Kock, who's a pretty decent batsman, I think we can all agree. They've brought in Yuvraj Singh. I'm not sure how much he's going to play. They have brought in Jason Berendorf. Yeah. Which I think is a pretty good pickup. I think Jason Berendorf's a really good bowler. Uh, big left arm quick. I think he's really going to, you know, change up their bowling quite a lot. If you think about, if you're opening the bowling with Jasper Bumrah and Jason Berendorf, that's a pretty potent opening bowling lineup. They've also uh, got Lasit Malinga, who's fit and is bowling well. And, you know, he's a very talented 20-over bowler. They've got Mitchell McClanagan, who... Um, had a pretty decent season last year and they brought him back. You know, I mean, they look good. Uh, they could win the whole thing. Equally, if if we have a situation like last year where Rohit Sharma doesn't fire, where Polly doesn't fire, where Evan Lewis is not at his best, where, you know, Hardik Pandya has had various injury issues and the Indian team are going to be very careful about his workload. You know, then you end up relying on Ishan Kishan, Yadav, Quinton de Kock, Krinal Pandya, becomes a very different team at that point. And they become very they become very reliant on their bowling. Yeah, I just don't know if they'll rely on him. I mean, look, I, we all love Yuvraj Singh, but I don't think he had a great tournament last year. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with him. They've got Mayank Markande, who, you know, did very well last season, but he's not a surprise package anymore. Uh, but, you know, their first 11 is really good. 
they've got bankers really at every position. I really do think it just comes down to their desire. I mean, you know, it's easy to say that, I think, after watching that documentary, but it did kind of feel like they were just coasting a little bit. And you could see Mahela Jayawardene was not happy with them, with the attitude of the squad. Yeah, a lot of F-bombs weren't there. Yeah, I was impressed by him, with him, by the way. I think he was, uh, he just, he always seemed so nice. And actually, he was really, he's really tough, man. He was tough on all of them. I think he, he, he gives tough love when he needs to. And he, he seems to be very supporting a lot of the players when he needed to be as well, right? Which is what a good coach does. Deals with people in different ways. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the behind the scenes documentary that was Cricket Fever, I think it shows what they wanted to show more or less. But yeah, I think you're right. It didn't feel like there was a great team culture. It felt very like a collection of sort of guns for hire, pretty disjointed, a lot of egos. Um, yeah, and you know, it's, it's easy to zero in on that. I suspect every IPL franchise is, is not dissimilar to that, right? In, in, in that respect, they probably are all collections of egos. And some of the players are huge superstars, and then some are, are kind of really unknown in a way. But Rohit Sharma's captaincy didn't impress. I don't think anyone would say he had a he had a brilliant and then his batting was also really poor. And I do think a lot hinges on him. Um, you know, at his best he's really destructive. He said he's gonna open. Um, so I don't know what that means, because that means one of Yadav or Decock is gonna have to drop down the order. Um maybe Yuvraj Singh will come in, because it looks like it, it'll be either him or Ishan Kishan. Um, for that number four slot. Uh, Polly is in much better form after the PSL, I think. Um, so I think we, we expect better returns from him. Um, but question mark over Hardik Pandya. Also a question mark over Sachin Tendulkar's exact role with this squad. Um, I don't know if that question occurred to you after watching Cricket Fever. Isn't he just a mentor? Well, all he does is eat. Is <laughs> in the documentary, I think he's a talisman. Um, I think he comes along and it sort of hangs around the team, you know, the boy of Mumbai, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, he's just, he's just at the buffet. You know, I just, every, every scene where he features, he's, he's got the, the plate of food whilst, whilst the team is, you know, having some, some really deep post-mortem about an, another defeat. And, uh, you know, Tendulkar's, um, just seems a bit more focused on the, on the post-match spread. Uh, but why not? I guess he's um, he's done the hard yards. He has. He deserves to be able to eat in peace. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So that's the IPL. Uh, and Toby, are we going to lose you at this point? Are we going to make predictions? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's pick let's each pick a winner then before Toby leaves. I'm with Warney on this. I think there's a lot of exciting talent at the Royals and. Uh, I think okay. you, you've got to, you've got, they flash the cash. I think it's got to pay off. So I'm going for the Royals. Yeah, look, I, I think that's an interesting pick. I think they'll be there, there or thereabouts. But I, I still do like the Sunrisers. I think they've got a pretty well-balanced side. You know, the youth, youth and experience there as well. And my sort of bit of a left-field pick may be Delhi. <laughs> you can't leave them alone. <laughs> but I would say Sunrisers, I think. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you on Sunrisers. I think they have... A really strong chance. I don't think you can discount CSK, but I'm actually going to go with Mumbai Indians. I think they are 
going to be a little embarrassed about how they performed last year. Uh, and I think they are a team that knows how to win it. And I think if, yeah, if they turn up properly, they can go all the way. And maybe embarrassed about their performance in the Cricket Fever series as well. Well, maybe Ishan Kishan is. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So the IPL starts tomorrow. Um, Chennai Super Kings versus Royal Challengers Bangalore. Worth checking out because you can actually stream it via Hotstar, I think, on the internet. Can uh, you? Depending on what, yeah, it depends on what country you're in. But, you know, there are ways and means. Yeah. There are ways, man. Um, there are ways. All right. Cool. Toby, thank you very much. Thank you both. Have a good weekend. Enjoy. See you, Tobes. Enjoy. See ya. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So, Darren, we need we have a, a few more a few more pieces of business. Um, we did not finish up the Australia India one day se- series. Perhaps we thought India were just going to coast to victory after being two 0 ahead, Darren. Yeah, I think we did, didn't we? It was something of a turnaround, wasn't it? I mean, you've really got to hand it to the Australian team, and I, I think it speaks volumes of captaincy of Aaron Finch, but also I think Justin Langer, I think they've got the team gelling well together. The, the body language seemed good. They seemed to be united around a mission. You know, people stepped up at different times, didn't they, um, throughout the series? Um, who would have thought Ashton Turner would come in and score 80, 80 out of 40 balls? I mean, I don't think anybody in the Indian team thought that. That was the innings that changed the whole series. I think you'd have to say, right? I mean, it was remarkable stuff. He came in and I think he smacked his second ball for just a really clean six or four. And then that I've just not seen that kind of clean hitting from a youngster early on in his international career. It was hugely impressive. Tell us more about Ashton Turner. So Ashton Turner has been on the verge for quite a while. He obviously plays for the Perth Scorchers uh, in the BBL. And I think Perth Scorchers are one of the most successful franchises uh, in T20 history. Uh, they've won, I think they won three titles uh, in the, over the last four years in the BBL coached by Justin Langer, of course, until he took up the Australian duties. But he, he's, he's known as a bit of a finisher, so he comes in very clean hitting. He actually bowls off spin, but he, I think he's got a bit of a shoulder injury. So he's an exciting talent, but he does tend to hit in an arc. So he tends to hit straight down the ground uh, or across the mid-wicket. So on some of those smaller grounds in India, you know, obviously he's an unproven quantity uh, in the IPL, but, but I think he, he could be quite exciting. I, I don't know if he makes the World Cup squad at the moment. There's a lot of discussion. Well, he, maybe he makes the squad, but not the playing 11. I think there's a lot of discussion now about how they reintegrate Warner and Smith, if at all. I think Finch will retain the captaincy, even though he had a lean series in India. He averaged 35 at about 90-odd strike rate. And Usman Khawaja, you know, the fitness regime has paid off. He looked brilliant. You know, 200s and a 90 in the five-match five series. He looked great. You know, fluid strokes all over the ground, reverse sweeps, drives. He looked a new player. The only thing we, we hope that, as an Australian fan, he continues that form into, into Pakistan and through the World Cup, but he looks a different player at the moment. And you had Maxwell in a floating role uh, where he kind of came up and, and up the tempo when he needed to. So it looks like a pretty well-rounded team, doesn't it? And, and the bowling was great too. I mean, Adam Zampa has improved leaps and bounds. Oh, and let's not forget um, Nathan Lyon. I think he, he, bowled for th- he bowled three turnover spells that went for about four and over um, against India in India. So that's really impressive. The fast bowlers look good. Jai Richardson and, of course, big Pat Cummins just goes from strength to strength. I mean, he's just a once-in-a-generation bowler and he still steps up to the plate. So overall, that side looks pretty well-rounded, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I think um, I think Australia look look really good actually going to the World Cup. I mean, I don't I don't know if they'll play two spinners in in England, but Zampa I thought um, really looks the part for India. You know, just more question marks. I mean, they they did use the last three matches to really try out a lot of different options. You know, they they dropped Dhoni, they brought in Rishabh Pant. His wicket keeping in the in the fourth match was pretty poor. Um, and he copped a lot of criticism. I think he missed a couple of stumpings and, and dropped a catch. You know, things that Dhoni would have executed with a minimum of fuss. And, you know, I'll hold my hand up. I think it's 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 made it also pretty clear how reliant this team is on MS Dhoni, not just for his runs, but I think just for the calm he exudes on the field and for his leadership qualities, which I think were, were made more obvious in their absence. But for India, you know, they just have more and more question marks over the, these number four and five spots. You know, it's, it's just they try out more players and they just get more and more questions. So now, you know, Raidu has has seems to be in a rut. Not entirely sure he'll make the eleven. Yadav seems nailed on. I think he's going to play. Uh, but then it's kind of either you have Vijay Shankar who did well in New Zealand, didn't do quite as well against Australia, um, and you know I think there are question marks about his bowling. Although maybe in England that. That kind of bowling will will prosper a little bit more. Um, you got Rishabh Pant potentially as a number four. Um, you got KL Rahul. You know, it's 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 just not clear. You've got MS Dhoni. Maybe he'll bat at four. So you know, a lot a lot of question marks still for India. Kohli has said he he he's not going to use the IPL to make any decisions. But I just don't know how that's feasible, really, given the given the. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, that's you can say all that kind of stuff, and I think maybe he's trying to, you know, calm down the existing players. But I think it goes for, for Australia, right? If, if I think if Smith and Warner have good IPLs, they'll be pushing their case. If they don't perform very well at all, um, you know, why would you bring somebody back into the? You know, Steve Smith, I think in the last before he was banned, I think in the last year before that, he averaged twenty five in ODIs uh, over ten or ten or so matches. I mean. He, how do you bring him back in in place of Usman Khawaja or somebody else? I think that's a big call to make. Um, yeah. I, I think it's more likely David Warner goes back into the team as opener straight away. Um, he's been batting pretty well in these T20 leagues. If he has a pretty good tournament in IPL, which I expect he will, um, I think he's going to put his head down and just play cricket and focus on that. Um, I think if he does well, he goes back to open uh, with Usman Khawaja potentially. I mean, Usman Khawaja averages... Very strongly opening, he averages you know middling it in, in in the sort of number three or middle order. So that looks pretty good to me. Finch maybe dropped down. Finch is out of form. Um, yeah, I think Smith. It's kind of a like for like with Kawaja, if you ask me. So I'm not sure if he if he automatically goes into the team. To be honest, you know, I worry about Glenn Maxwell. I mean, he didn't have a great series in the 50 over matches, and I mean, do you not think there's a possibility he might get dropped for Steve Smith? No, I, I think they're different players. I mean, they're not like they are. Like, I agree. Not like they are like totally players. different players. Um, they obviously, are. by they May, think- they need to name their fifteen-man squad, don't they? So, I think a lot of it depends in the next, you know, month or two on on the IPL. Um, do they play practice games before that squad is announced? I don't think so. Do they? I don't know about Australia. I know India don't. India, that's it. They don't have any more. Right. So for Australia, they have this five to five ODI series coming up against Pakistan starting Friday, which is today. So again, it depends on that. If some of the guys do well um, and continue to do well, it does really question whether these guys come back into the team automatically or not. Um, so a good headache to have for the selectors 
and for Justin Langer and for, for Aaron Finch, for sure. Um, if you think about what we were talking about a month ago, Arun, we were like, you know, these guys automatically go back into the team. There's no doubt about it. But this India tour has changed everything. And those five matches, well, seven matches they won in India, which is unprecedented. Sorry, five matches out of seven, unprecedented um, win for Australia. So a lot of good headaches at the moment. Yeah, and honestly, I'm quite happy for them because a lot of these players are youngsters coming through um, and the attitude has been noticeably different, I think. Um, and they've, yeah, they've been playing with a bit of a smile on their faces, I feel. They seem to be enjoying their cricket. Um, probably need to give some credit to Justin Langer. Uh, I think he's, he's done, he's done some, some good work there. Yeah, I just, I hope they don't just get jettisoned now that, that Smith and Warner are back. No, I, I just think it's also going to be quite disruptive. If they do well in the UAE against Pakistan, um, and the players are playing well as a team, and you, you throw back in these two guys to the mix, I think it does cause a very different dynamic. Even if they come back, I think they're going to be quite low-key. Um, I, I read an article which I thought was very interesting about when, when George Bailey was dropped at the last World Cup. He was 12th man, and he they said that the way he performed his 12th man duties was amazing. He was mentoring, he was encouraging, you know, he was really, really there for the players selflessly. He could have been suffering from a bit of, bit of, you know, bit of grapes, having Michael Clark come back into the team and him being put out of the team. But he, he did the opposite of that. And he said, you know, they said he was a great player to be around the team. And I hope that Warner and Smith do the same thing. Are there to support? That, that, yeah, that was a tough one when Michael Clark came back in. That was tough. Yeah, all right. Okay, so before we end then, um, a quick word on Afghanistan, who have won their first test match, uh, which is like the, I mean, one of the quickest uh, in terms of of winning, getting that first test win. Uh, it took India 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it's taken Afghanistan a lot less time. Um, I mean, they beat Ireland in Dehradun in India, uh, thanks largely to the efforts of their bowlers, Mohamed Nabi, uh, and of course Rashid Khan, who becomes, I think, only the ninth player to pick up a five-wicket haul in all three formats. Um, so, you know, very, very professional performance by Afghanistan. Absolutely. I mean, it's great, it's great for the game. And, they, and, and their rankings continue to rise in one-day internationals and T20s. I mean, they're, they're a real force on the scene now, I think, and that's, that's really shown that. You know, bowling Ireland out for 170-odd and less than 300 and sort of getting the target with uh, seven wickets in hand, quite an impressive win. Yeah, and uh, Mohamed Nabi, Nabi, I think, has come out and said, we are as good as anyone in the world now. And I just hope they get the opportunity to try and show us that. I just hope they get enough matches against uh, the teams above them, really, because uh, I'm, I'm actually planning to go to the India-Afghanistan match in the World Cup, so... I don't because the Cricket World Cup site is just an absolute disaster. I, I was in the queue yesterday and uh, there are tickets still available for that match, but it wouldn't let me buy them for some reason. I'm, maybe I've been blacklisted by the Indian <laughs> Maybe you have. Maybe they've listened to this podcast. Yeah, maybe Ravi Shastri is, is, is upset with my hemispheric criticism. Personally targeting you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, um, and very quickly, quote of the week, Muppet of the week, any contenders? I definitely have a quote of the week. I thought that I came across that quote from Dwayne Bravo. I don't know if you saw that. He says that every, every time he releases a song and he's released four songs before every tournament, then he has won the tournament every time. So not his team, but he has won. So no ego there whatsoever. So I wonder if they're going to release a song before the World Cup. 
Yeah, he was talking about the PSL though, wasn't he? So yeah, I'm not sure it'll necessarily help the West Indies. I mean, I liked uh, a Hugs and Cuddles, I think is, uh, you know, there are a lot of big Hugs and Cuddles. I think that's, uh, that's, a, that's a nice one. It's a nice image, I think, of David Warner. Muppet of the Week, actually, there's a couple of contenders as well for that one. What have you got in mind? Well, this actually came from Toby. It's a shame he had to leave us because he could have talked us through it. But it was actually Andrew Flintoff launching the 2019 World Cup with a song. Oh, no. Um, So I don't know if you've seen it. There's an ICC promotional video where Andrew Flintoff, not noted for his, um, his kind of abilities as a singer, belts out a cover of On Top of the World by Imagine Dragons whilst leading a carnival through the streets of London to the Oval. <laughs> i got to watch that. Among the dancers and fans are Charlotte Edwards, Phil Tufnell, and Kumar Sangakara, who's probably wondering, what on God's name is he doing in this video? What on God's green earth? <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing here? <laughs> I mean, Kumar Sangakara. Is it the commentary people. team or what? I mean, yes, it is. It's, it's, it's people from from the commentary team, but I think it's probably just whoever was available, Darren. <laughs> yeah, not his finest hour, but I guess he had to show willing. That was mine. I wondered if you had a Muppet of the Week uh, based on this whole names and numbers storm in a teacup. Yeah, I just don't even know why it's an issue. I, I think that the names and numbers are great. I mean, whoever's saying that it's not cool, um, go away. I mean, every other sport has names and numbers so people can identify who the players are. Um, you know, it, it brings cricket into the modern era right it makes it look like it's a proper sport rather than sort of the impression that a lot of americans get where it's people drinking tea and eating cucumber sandwiches and you know wandering around a field it's great to identify the players when you're in the stands or on tv it's a, it's a great thing i think why not yeah i cannot see an argument against it but there were arguments against it possibly from yorkshire i don't know i'm just just guessing maybe the traditionalists were a little bit upset the jeffrey boycott types although maybe jeffrey boycott's in favor i haven't haven't actually seen his views but yeah i want to know i want to know who's dropped the catch i want to know who to criticize i mean this is like this is so basic we need this cricket needs all this kind of stuff. poor old jeffrey boycott you're putting him on the spit even though if he actually said anything (laughs) you're assuming that he's against it i'm i'm actually just i because i follow that twitter account fred boycott i don't know if you follow that you should yeah and it's just basically a parody of Jeffrey Booker. And so, you know, I think Fred Boycott actually did come out and say that names and numbers were a travesty and it would never have happened in his day. <laughs> so there you have it. All right. On that note, that's a pretty lengthy podcast. Uh, we'll be back soon. Darren, thanks so much. See you later. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Do rate and review us. Leave a comment. We'll be back soon.